Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Why is it that with sparkling water, I'm always playing guessing games with what flavor I'm drinking? Is it citrus? Is it aluminum can flavored? Mm, not sure. Sparkling ice, though, they really mean flavor. Like in-your-face flavor. Orange mango, black raspberry. Don't even get me started on the strawberry lemonade. Kiwi strawberry slid right into my taste buds DMs last night and let them know who's boss. No subtleties there and no sugar either. But it does have vitamins and antioxidants. Find sparkling ice at a major grocery store or club retailer near you. Sparkling ice. Anything but subtle. Welcome to Cast and Crank Podcast. Today we have Victor Deppe. <laughs> uh, that's the way he told me to pronounce it. It's Depp with an E on the end. I'm not sure if I pronounced it right. From Fish Everything. Um, this is another call-in. I like doing these East Coast guys to kind of get the whole story and, and people that are doing swim bait stuff everywhere. I like doing the swim bait guys. It, it's uh, something I'm interested in. And uh, yeah, this is a fun episode. He's a young guy, so it's kind of cool to hear his perspective on bait building. What he's done, he's only 22, and he builds a pretty cool bait. So uh, go check him out. Uh, what else do we have going on? Shit. Uh, so here's a thing that I'm doing. So I'm trying to do Collins. We did one with T. It didn't work out the way I wanted to, but the Colin worked. Um, we won't be airing that one because it got a little crazy. But I want your guys' suggestions. So I'm going to put up something tomorrow. You tell me what you want to hear on this. No, I'm not going to do it tomorrow. Probably Friday uh, because tomorrow's Victor's episode. Uh, you tell me what you want to hear on the soundboard. So I'm going to let you hear the first sample I have. Listen. Fuck you. I like that one. It's a, it's a cute one. Um, it's all samples from podcast episodes. Here's the next one. It was recent and it's pretty fucking funny. Uh, we measure fish, not dicks. <laughs> So you get you guys message me and tell me what you want to hear. I want to hear doctor or some other fucking shit. I don't know. So please uh, message in. Tell me what you want to hear. Also, uh, I want to promote my buddy T's giveaway he's doing right now. He's doing a uh, fish all brand giveaway. So he's hosting a big bait contest this Friday, January twenty second. Anyone who throws swim baits has a chance to win some cool prizes. Grandpa's winner takes home a UFO Bates mothership, and he also is planning to give away uh, one of one painted UFO Bates six inch gill, a toxic Bates Wade Hogs extra, and a depths uh, and a couple more sweet prizes. He said toxic and UFO worked with him uh, on the giveaway prizes, and he's super grateful. Uh oh, here he comes. Hey, hey, come here and say Mangichi. Hold on. <laughs> I got my son here. Say, Mac and Cheese. Mac and Cheese. Mac and Cheese. He's really saying Mac and Cheese, probably. I don't know. But um, check out T's giveaway. It's pretty cool. All the guys I mentioned on there uh, have been on the podcast. Eric, uh, Caesar, T, all buddies of mine. Uh, we're going to see Caesar this weekend. I'm pretty excited. 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 Fucking too much Jack and Coke. Excited about going up north. 
I'm taking the Viking. She's going to be around the phones. Please be nice to her if you hear her uh, answering the phone. I appreciate it. Uh, I'm going to try to do the 10 callers on hold. So we're, we'll be doing uh, calls with everyone. I'm going to try to do Aaron Britt, Paul Bailey, uh, Jeremy from Black Dog, GSJ, John's going to be on there, I'm hoping, and we're going to do the roundtable. We'll see how that goes. We might not do a call on because we have so many people. We'll see. Um, other than that, please give us five stars on iTunes and leave a positive review. I'd appreciate that. And follow us on Instagram if you don't already. I'm sure you guys do. Uh, I'm going to make that post. Please leave a... <laughs> Leave a message on what you want to hear on the soundboard. And uh, how about this? The best message when I post it, we'll get a free shirt. All right, guys. Thanks. Thanks for listening. All right. We have, uh, it's Victor Depp, right? Uh, it's Deppy. It's like Johnny Depp with the E on the end. But it's all good. Deppy. Deppy. Okay. Deppy. Victor Deppy. Oh, yeah. There you go. Um, he owns a company called Fish Everything. Funny story about yes, this sir. company is I caught my first big fish on his taxi trout. It's still such a such a trip to me, dude. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I thanks to, to Charles. Well, I pro- well, it's not blown up now, but at the time he was on a good bite with that bait, you know. Yeah, definitely. Let's uh, yeah, let's get into that- how you uh. So this is going to be weird. I guess I'll kind of wait after I ask a question or whatever because the phone fucking cuts you off and it's weird. I'm not used weird. to it. Um, let's get into how you got into bait making because, I mean, pretty much everybody's fishing story, unless you got something pretty crazy, is is the same. Either their dad or someone pushed him into yeah. it. But you're a young kid, I feel like, and yeah. you did pretty well making bait. So let's talk about what triggered that. Yeah, that's actually a pretty, pretty crazy story. I'll, I'll give you the the full the full scoop on it. Well, you know, I've been I've been like on the swim bait, you know, Facebook pages and stuff for a pretty a pretty long time now. I guess like I got on the pages first, and I was like really little, and like you know, fourteen, whatever. So that's that's a pretty good amount of time now at this point, and. It was, you know, a, a super, I feel like a super hardcore scene back then, which always, like, I thought was really cool. You know, I think that's why a lot of people get into the, the swim baits and whatnot. It's because it, it is, like, cool. But especially back when I was, like, first getting into it, those pages were, like, hammer fest, dude. Like, guys were always competing with each other to catch, like, giants. And I was like, oh, my God. But, dude, I had no idea what I was doing then. Like, I, I couldn't – I tried, and, like, I couldn't really grasp it. So I, I left it for, like, a little while. And, like, you know, I didn't leave the pages, but I just didn't really – I didn't really care about, like, using swim baits at that point. And then I started to – I started to understand bigger fish better between, like, 14 – or, like, 13, 14, and, like, 16, I would say. And, and that time I fished really hard. And, uh, you know, me and my buddies naturally competed with each other to catch the biggest fish of the day and whatnot. So we started kind of naturally gravitating towards, like, larger presentations. Like, we were using, uh, you know, instead of, like, a three- or four-inch swim jig, you know, we would see, like, tactical bassins, like, very first video on a swim jig. 
and talking about upsizing it. And then we tried it. And we started catching bigger fish. So these like light bulbs started clicking and these building blocks were growing into a nice foundation. And then when I was around 17, I think, um, I decided to actually sell all my gear, my conventional gear, and take a stab at mastering the art of throwing big bait. And I knew it was a kind of a stupid idea and kind of a risky idea, but I had just this, this hunch that it was going to work well for me. And I always have kind of had like a entrepreneur mindset. And I saw like this weird window of opportunity where I was like, could see swim baiting becoming almost trendy per se. And I always wanted to, you know, somehow become involved with the fishing industry. So I decided my best shot at this is going to be catching giant, you know, fish from my area on big baits and then seeing what happens per se. Cause at that point I was pretty well known, like locally, like I was involved in the local pages and I was catching big fish consistently on normal stuff. And people kind of like would ask me for advice and, uh, whatnot. And I was working at, uh, I was working at Bass Pro around that same time. That might have been like a year or six months later, actually. But, you know, so I wanted to I wanted to take my game to another level and try and get my foot in the door with something that had potential because everything else is so saturated, like tournament fishing, um, trying to do like YouTube stuff, like all that just didn't, it didn't feel for me. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I saw this. So that first season was like, a miracle season you know it was like the first the first couple seasons were just incredible and i was catching you know better than average fish a lot and i was fishing a lot i was putting a lot of time in and that's definitely the most valuable where you got is time and i was able and you know blessed to be able to put that much time into it then and my mom you know was cool with it because i explained to her my plan so you know then i had some you know, some like clout in the swim bait deal. And at some point or another, I was like, yeah, I'm going to try, I'm going to try like actually making a bait. Cause I had, I had messed around with it. I had modified a lot of baits and that was the big thing that I think got me into it is I like to tinker with other baits that I would buy because I was on these super specific bites on my lake where at the time, you know, there weren't as many bait makers. There weren't as many options and especially not like as many bait makers on my side of the country making baits that were more suited for like our styles of fishing. Who was that? Who were you looking at at that time? Like, you know, people have someone to look at. You're looking, I mean, Butch has been doing it forever. Is there like a Butch Brown of the East Coast? Um, yeah, locally for me. It's funny you ask, like, my my local inspiration people, like the local legend guys over here, are, like, really all, like, live-based fishermen. And, uh, which is funny, because, like, the West Coast, like, you talk about using a live trout, and, you know, you'd be crucified. <laughs> but, <laughs> right. but where I live, um, you know, it's kind of like normal, normal everyday procedure over here for guys to use a lot of live bait, but they caught huge fish on a uh, on live trout and whatnot. Like some guy named you know Travis Hankins, like he's got 
he's got like line class world records for catching striped bass on like light line and fresh water. You know, he's a he was a legend over here. Uh, or is he still fishes? He still kills it. There's this old dude named Mister Rich. He's got the lake record for the one lake I fished, and you know, I would see him using like AC plugs, like strictly AC plugs. That'd be like the only big bait I ever really saw anyone throwing. Yeah. And then like the cotton cordell, like red fin. But they would, you know, they would get the AC plugs and trout patterns, of course. And then the the red fins, they would like nail polish paint them to look like trout. And I grew up, you know, fishing those lakes and watching them catching catching big ones. But then aside from that too, like. I always thought that was really cool and I was always really into that. But, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the dudes who just posted big fish on, on the internet at that time, you know, I think really were the real push. And, and I was just thinking in the back of my head, like, dude, if I can, if I can figure this out and, and get this right over here, it'll be, it'll be big. Cause I know these fish have never seen this kind of stuff. Like I saw, I saw Butch's video of the 19 pounder when it had like, 800 views on youtube like that was forever ago and i just was like dude how how how's no one seen this video like 800 people that's nothing <laughs> did you and, uh, uh did you have a site you went to to learn this like how did you kind of learn the whole bait making process because i know it's a it's a difficult technique you know to kind of get into um i asked a lot of questions early on on facebook like like a bunch of questions uh, on, you know, it's like whatever forums there are, like bait makers or whatever. And it was all pretty general, you know, basic information. But when you're getting into it and like you have no idea what to do, that's all the stuff that you, you know, kind of need to get, get going. But a lot of it, like I, I wanted to learn, you know, like the hard way, so to speak. Because I found whenever you're doing anything, like if you have someone to tell you what to do like that's great and that can that can cut a lot of learning curve down but you can also you know drift off of your direction easily and not not get the the light bulbs to flash for like your own reasons and your own things so after i got kind of like an initial grasp on stuff i've kind of tried to figure stuff out on my own unless i had some really specific problem like you know, like uh, sometimes resin, you know, is very sensitive to humidity or something. I would I would reach out to different guys and like Mike Buka helped me out a lot um, with more technical questions that I was thankful for. Uh, Jeremy, you know, me and Jeremy have had like a history, and we, you know, I, he helped me out a little bit um, on some different stuff and whatnot. But as far as as far as like getting the itch to make baits. You know, from tinkering and not having exactly what I wanted, that's kind of that's kind of what pushed me to try it. And I had a, a you know like a best a best friend, a good homie that was going to school, and he wasn't doing great in school, and he was back for winter break, and we were talking about it, and I was like, dude, like I'm really killing these fish on these swim baits, and. Uh, you know, I have this, this crazy idea that I think I can make these things. You know, we should do it. You know, we should just, like, jump into it and do it. And then later, and like, and later that, we were, you know, young kids and stupid. But we were actually, like, drinking that night. And, uh, <laughs> like, 
Dude, I totaled my truck that night with him. Like, in, you know, we were driving fucking drunk, stupid. How old were you then? I think that was like 18. Shit, bro. 19, maybe. <laughs> and, uh, but. <laughs> dude, hey, so the you live and learn. It's, it's crazy. Like, I, yeah. I, uh, I fish with some but, younger dudes. I fish with, like, Seth Nyswanger. I don't know if you know who that is. Oh, I love Seth. Seth so Seth man. lives over by me. And he lives really close. Uh, and it's crazy to talk to younger dudes. I mean, I'm 40. I could be your fucking dad, bro. Like, mm-hmm. joke. So it's cool to talk to dudes that kind of like have a different state of mind and go, hey, let me uh, try something different. And I feel like Seth's yeah. that way. When I fish with Seth, like, it's like fishing with a dude my age. Because, I, I mean, yeah. I'm pretty new to it. I'm like, I've only been fishing for 10 years, you know, and uh calico probably hard for about two or three and me and seth will go right. fish i'll catch something big and it's like we're the same fishing <laughs> level you know like well he's yeah, way, he's a no, way better angler totally. than i am but the whole point of view is like you can fish with dudes that are that are really young and like you know like hearing your story like oh, i was 18 i did this i was only four years ago but you learn a lot in in, in, in four oh, years you know like, what i'm saying you learn a ton and i i'll tell you like out of all the crazy shit that has happened in my life, like I had a I had a rough upcoming and a rough high school. Like I, I did five years in high school. I got kicked out of high school twice, and um, that's a whole another story for a whole different day. But so I had made a lot of mistakes, and I was very lost. And the fact that you know we got into that that accident and we didn't get hurt, and we didn't you know I didn't get a, a DUI, that instantly gave me the courage to take the leap to, to chase my dream because as far as I'm concerned, like I already fucking died once, dude. Like that was it. Like there's no reason other than it just wasn't my time that it shouldn't end it all right there. And it just was, it was life changing to have that, you know, mistake and bad experience happen because now it's like, dude, you got to go for it at all times. Cause I just vividly remember constantly like it was almost gone you know so that that's really what did it man is one one crazy beautiful mistake in a, in a strange way pushed me to stop being uh you know afraid of judgment and, and stop being cowardly as far as oh well you know people always anytime you want to do something different anytime you want to do something you know remarkable there's going to be a million people that are like dude don't do that take the safe route and yeah you know, it's easy to it's easy to take like take that and you know if you truly want to know what you want to you know truly know what you want to do i think it's hard because it's usually difficult to do what you truly want to do and uh it's been it's been a hell of a journey so far and it's just getting started really which is crazy yeah it's uh, it's cool have you do you got do you uh do the swim at universe stuff down over that way yeah, we go to the shows. And Did you go to the shows? Yeah, okay. Yeah, because I yeah. mean, I'm trying to get more. This you're probably like the third or fourth dudes I've had on from the East Coast, so it's cool to get a point of view from the different side of the you know the country. Like, uh, yeah, it's a whole different game. I feel like, and the fish might not it's be a, as big, but you're still hunting the same thing. You know, we're all after the same high. Yes, like that's that's really, and and fishermen are so different. We're all like so unbelievably similar. Like 
you have a, a path in music, right? Like, I believe I've heard you say that or, or you know, saw it in a clip or something. Yeah. But, like, you, you come from a from a music, like, creative background. Like, tons of guys come from skating. Like, dude, I skated super hard. I was at the park today, like, trying to skate again. Skateboarding, BMXing. Yeah, graffiti, it's true. Like, punk rock. Like, all that, all that, like, kind of outcast, like, stereotypically outcast stuff. <laughs> is then you like all these guys end up becoming fishermen or like they also happen to fish in the middle of all that, which is kind of wild, dude. It's kind of wild how many people there really are who come from those same like places. And I feel like that's a lot of swim bait fishing at the same time. It's hard to put that in a category, yeah. but like, I feel like a lot of the times it's, it's swim bait fishermen are doing something like extreme. It sounds so stupid to say that fucking idiot, you know, like, <laughs> like extreme, bro. You know, like, no, like really, like, I feel like, uh, you'd talk about skating, riding bikes, you know, music, punk, hardcore, whatever it might be. It's like something you're really into and like you yeah. love, you know? So it's like when I see someone and I'm not shitting on terminating anglers by any chance, but it's like, Oh no, by any means, you know, I'm sorry. Uh, I, you don't get that. They're, they're extreme as shit. I mean, they they put their whole life into it. But oh, when someone's yeah. like, hey, all I want to catch is one big fish. Fuck everything else. Everyone yeah. I've talked to has that mentality. Either yeah. if it's yeah. Mike Gilbert, Oliver right. Nye, you know, uh, Matt Peters, whoever it fucking might be, it, they have that mentality. They're like, this is it, what I'm trying to do. Yeah, It's something in our, in our head that is like wired different or wired wrong. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. On the on the flip side of that is like when I was really 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 into it. Like I'm still really really into it, but I mean when I was like, you know, no worry about making these, none of this, none of that. Like my brain was different then. Like I was just thinking about where the fuck are these fish going to be tomorrow? Like where are they going to be after that windstorm comes in in two days? Like and to to be so in you know, connected with something and in depth with something is, you know, an obsessive, addictive, like, you know, nature. And it's, it's, it's wild. But at the same time, it's good to step back and get away from that. And that's kind of what, like, I am growing this company to be all about. And that's why I named it Fish Everything. Because at the time, I was, you know, all I wanted to do was swim bait, swim bait, swim bait, swim bait, big fish, big fish. But I was thinking, like, Dude, that's not really what you know made me love fishing. Like, made me love fishing is just adventure, getting away, getting that bite, you know, getting that tap on the end of the line. Yeah. And uh, I hope that everyone you know has their own little personal journey there too. But it's good to step back sometimes and just enjoy fishing for how wholesome it can be and how you know relaxing it can be and whatnot. And I think that's important. What did uh did you start for selling your baits on? Was it a page or was it uh your own site? How'd you go about that? Uh, I started I started selling them on on the Instagram page. I had a uh I had an Instagram page like called Fishing Maryland or Swim Swimbait Fishing Swimbait Maryland Swimbait Maryland. That's what it was. And at that point, I was just like into the whole showing off everything we catch thing, and uh, I would like repost my friends from maryland like it was all maryland fish so once i started making the baits i uh i just changed the name kept the same page started posting the baits on there 
started posting the base on my you know Facebook deal and whatnot, and that's that's just how that all happened, and that was pretty. It was pretty straightforward at the time. It wasn't anything crazy. Yeah. Um. What was your first bait that like hit? Where you're like, man, I'm doing something right. Uh, it's funny because the the first bait I actually made was a uh, a big walking bait called the Fat Chad. Like that's the first bait I sold, and that bait was a was a was a was a, a huge failure, dude. Like a huge failure. Um, I liked it. I did well on it. I caught fish on it. But other people didn't, and it was a weird deal because, like, I loved that bait, and I wanted other people to love it because I loved it, and it did not happen. <laughs> I got a lot of like bad <laughs> feedback on that thing, and then I ended up, uh, I ended up making this little prank down called the Hater, which I think is really what like ended up taking off for me. But I, you know, honestly, I think at the beginning I had really good ideas. Like my ideas have always been solid but dude it takes a long time to get your like craftsmanship and your skills in the shop up hard to actually be anything worth talking about and, and frankly dude i don't think i've been i've made anything really worth talking about until the last 12 months and it's just weird how short the timelines are with my story right now but like you know you learn so much in, in a couple years but ever since I started making, you know, the taxi trout, the next versions of the hater that were like more refined, worked better and whatnot, that's when, you know, I started getting more results, you know, more fish coming in, more pictures, more good testimonies, that kind of stuff. And uh, now, now I'm confident in my skills, I'm confident in my craftsmanship. And now I'm at this point where like any idea I have, my hands can actually transfer it into reality perfectly how i want it to what's really exciting what's the uh, story behind the hater why'd you name it that oh dude because like i've always had you know drama dealing with drama since i was like in high school and it's just never i just i just attract chaos and create (laughs) chaos i mean truth that's truthfully like i i don't know i hope i i hope to god that I'm able to like learn how to grow out of that and get away from that, but it hasn't happened yet, frankly. And it will, it will. Do you think that you bring it on? You know what I'm saying? Like only ask you that because I, I lurk like everyone else on the internet. So like I see comments from people. So I see some comments from your shit and I'm like, sometimes I think the same things as other people. And I'm like, sometimes I I just don't say anything. Do you think that maybe you just, you just want to say I, I some ab- shit, you know, and just, I got to say it. I absolutely, like, yeah, absolutely. I've always, dude, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, I've always had this problem where, like, I think some way about something or I feel some type of way about something. And, like, I like that's how I feel. Like, I, I, I strongly feel one way about something or the other. And I just always got to open my, my, you know, fucking mouth. <laughs> but would, <laughs> wouldn't it be not- better to, like, I've, do you try to DM people instead? You know what I'm saying? Like, and I'm not, I'm yeah. not, I'm not trying to like look at any post you've done. I'm just saying like, see, no, something, no, it's, it's, I've done it. I've done it. Don't get me wrong. Like I've, I've been like, um, uh, hold on. uh, I've been like the guy where I've messaged dudes and be like, what the fuck, man? You know, like, 
It's happened. Oh yeah. So I mean, it's it's it. Sometimes it's better to do it behind closed doors. You know what I'm saying? Do you feel like no, I, sometimes? I but do you feel like sometimes maybe you got to tell someone in front of everyone to shut them the fuck up, or you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think there's a time and place for both. Yeah, you know, like I think sometimes people cross lines or like I have crossed lines or whatever. And that's just part of being a human being, you know, like that's going to happen. But like, it's a weird deal, man. Like you can be, I don't know. I don't, I just don't like feeling like getting walked over, I guess, or, or whatnot. Cause like a big thing, and I'm going to probably catch a bunch of shit for this, but like, <laughs> I, I think that a lot of my, my ideas and my concepts have been like, other people have kind of rode on the coattails of that at times where that shouldn't bother me. Like that's expected in any kind of business. You when, know? You, but like, when you say ride on your coattails, you mean they like ripped you off or like they kind of followed? Literally? No, I don't think like anyone's directly ripped me off or, or anything like that. But you dude, when you pay as much attention to it as I do, which is way too much attention, you see it. And you know, lately I have seen it more with other people than I have with myself. Uh, which is an interesting thing, but like anytime anyone does something cool, people want to also kind of do the same thing. Like, dude, Bill Siemental talked about this in his book that he wrote in like 2003 or something, whenever he wrote that book. And he calls them like Me Too Bates or whatever. And like, I, I, yeah, I see it all the time. Like, the UFO Guild, like, how many, how many baits are there now since that bait became popular through Underground and what he's done that, you know, are constructed in the same way? And, you know, Gilbert, how many baits, you know, I'm, I know I know Gilbert talks about it, too. And it's a weird deal when you're the, the guy creating it and, you're, you know, the guy consuming, it, you know. And, and it's, that's what I mean when I'm saying, like, when I didn't make baits, when I just consumed baits, it was a whole different thing. So it's kind of like a double-edged sword when you start doing this because it, it changes the way you look at everything. And it can be can be just like stranger to enjoy at times like when you see people doing stuff where you know all right like that idea came from that guy and that idea came from that guy it's kind of uncomfortable but when i try to do stuff where because i've had things that were inspired from others like my my fat chat that was inspired from the the lunker puncher but functionally they're two very different baits but i got a ton of shit on the internet because from the side profile, the photograph, they look like really similar. But mm-hmm. if you put the two next to each other, they're not even the same shape. They're not even the same size. Like they're not comparable to the point where, like, it was. You know, I'm getting a lot of shit. Dude, I had to fly out to Jeremy Anderson's house and and, and stay with him for a weekend. And you know, like we we talked and whatnot and whatever. And uh, even still after that, even after the dude who, you know, made the punker was like, God, yeah, it's all good. Still got a bunch of shit for it. So when stuff like that's happening, yeah, I mean, you want to you wanna stand up for yourself, you know? When you're getting beat down all the time, it does make you want to stand up for yourself. But I think going forward in the future, I'm probably just going to let people say what they want to say. I think that's the best because it's like, what do you do? Like, people... When you have an idea, you might not, it's, it's fishing. So it's like, if you think of something new, that's probably been done before. No joke. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's probably been done yeah. like a bait, whatever it oh, might be. Yeah. 
And the same thing with podcasting. It's like, what do I do? Say, oh, no one else could do a podcast. Now everyone and their mom right. does one, which is fine. It's it's a free market. It's not my deal. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just do yeah. what I do. So it's kind of like you got to just roll with the punches and be like, yo, this is what I do. That, that, you got to just roll. You know, and right. that, that's what's cool about the art side of it, though, man, is like I, I, I think a lot of great builders, dude, they have a style. Brock Hiroshima, he's got a style. You know, you see any bait that he's made, even from, like, his early work, and you go, oh, that's a Hiroshima bait, like, if you know his work. Or a, uh, or, or a 316 bait, you know, Mickey's got a style. Gilbert's got a style. You know, all of his baits have got the same kind of kind of swag to them, the same kind of flair to them. And uh, that's, what, that's what makes it cool is, like, yeah, a lot of designs, a lot of designs ultimately end up being slightly similar to one another. But if you can you can have a style and you can try to develop a style and, you know, figure out, you know, what kind of personality you want your, your lures to have, then I think that's what's rad about making lures, you know. Yeah. It's almost like an expressive, like, deal, dude. It's weird. Who did you have testing your, your uh, baits out, like, when you first started doing it? Was it yourself? Did you... If I try to find like the guy that was catching the big big fish locally at the time. No, I, I've always kind of just I've always kind of handled that myself more than anything, and my my close friends and like occasionally um, some other dudes that you know that are that are hammers and whatnot. Because you always you want to see what someone who you know is better than you can do with your own stuff, and when it's your own stuff, you're gonna be, which is hard you kind of want to be biased and like, you know, almost lie to yourself about what a bait is or isn't. And that's why getting other people involved is good, but it's hard to find people that'll be like brutally honest with you or like, dude, like this is fucked up. You need to, <laughs> you, need to you need to work on this or that. And that's hard to find dude. Like, cause no one wants to like get something for free on the grace of somebody else and be like, Hey, this is shitty. But that's, that's what, uh, that's what bait makers want. Anyone, you know, listening to this who's like trying to get a bait from this guy or that guy, or the opportunity comes to yourself to, you know, get a bait, get to see you or whatnot. Don't just suck the dude's dick just because, you know, like try the bait out, try it all the different ways you can. And if there's something you really genuinely do not like about it, your, your uh, message that says, Hey dude, I really like this and that, but I hate this. That's going to go a hundred times further than just saying it's great. And I think that's kind of what happened for me in the very early stages. Is like I wasn't capable of being honest with myself about the base or I wasn't good enough to see the mistakes. And then the people that, you know, were supporting me were, you know, maybe overly supportive, which is not their fault at all. I think a lot of the people that bought base off me initially in the beginning were just kind of guys that liked me. And they wanted to, you know, support the journey and whatnot. And I probably should have uh, should have taken some more time to test something here or there. Um, Did you get a lot of returns in the beginning, like where people are complaining? The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. 
it probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You know, I made I made a huge mistake where the haters a lit bait, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and with the lit bait, every pretty much everyone that you come out of the mold, unless you have a really perfect mold, which now I've got, which is nice. But when I was making them all by hand, more and like cutting them by hand and whatnot. Um. So you you had a partner previously. You guys split ways. Yeah, I mean that's not like a diss to him or anything. It's just it was just like I don't know. I was really you know I'm really into it. He was really into it at the start, but when uh when you want to do other stuff in life, it's just you know you got to go do it. Yeah, you know, and, and not and when and, and that train wasn't really on the you know on good tracks for a while. Like that was creating a lot of a lot of conflict with business with uh with us like we couldn't i don't know man it's just like we're trying to do equal parts of work and slacking off here is making me slack off there and it just wasn't you know a positive business relationship anymore we still have a great friendship Mm -hmm. but our our business relationship was not good and uh yeah so now it's now it's just all me and it'll probably be for the best you know and it's unfortunate but i'm glad that he's going off and doing what he wants to do and you know i don't have anyone to to, you know lean on and you know worry about per se and it you know it's gonna it's gonna be a positive thing for the both of us yeah yeah i mean it's uh did you well you kind of came up with the company and kind of helped you out like where you guys you started making the baits and stuff correct yeah, he wasn't really digging college. And, and you just bring wanted, him on along with you, like you said previously. like uh, Right. Yeah, I, I, yeah. Do, I like the, uh, I like I like companionship and, like, you know, people to bounce ideas off and share the yeah. joke with. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's, like, what I was wanting then. But I was just asking too much of my buddy to take this where it needs to go. And putting that, you know, running a business is, is a crazy, stressful, difficult, fucked up job, frankly. And especially when, you know, you're not just like buying clothes and reselling them. Like, dude, we're making everything besides yeah. the hooks and, and the, the hardware. And, uh, yeah, it, I, you know, it, I guess, I guess really I take the fault for that, honestly, because I should have. I should have been more uh, aware of like what my buddy's goals were with life and what, you know, direction he might've wanted to go on instead of like roping him into this, this crazy road that's been really difficult 
you know, at times and whatnot. And that adds a lot of stress to somebody's life that they might not be looking for, really. No, I agree 100%, man. Um, That's a hard decision. I mean, I had a partner when I started, Justin, and uh, it was just too hard for me to schedule around him. He has two kids on his own, so it's hard to, like, say, hey, let's do yeah. this day. Like, I can't just do random shit whenever, you know. He, yeah. he can't do it sometimes, so I, I get it. I mean, it, it is what it fucking is, you know? Um, And then uh, you got to move forward. Same thing I'm trying to do, like just move forward with the podcast, and he's still doing his tattoo and artwork, so it's it's really cool. And I'm sure you still talk to this dude, I hope. Maybe not. Maybe, oh, it'll, yeah, we, maybe it'll smooth over soon, you know? Oh, no, yeah. We're going to be best homies forever. We play poker and stuff together and, <laughs> and whatnot. And, uh, and yeah, so like, it's all good, you know, but that is a, it's just, it's cool. It's cool for me, like doing this, how much this has taught me about life. And like, really that's, that's like the bigger picture, right? You know, like learning about yourself and it sounds, it sounds so stupid and cliche, but it's true. You know, it's, it is, it is true. And you gotta, you know, learn that shit and do yeah. it and live it. Yeah. Um, who is your top three bait makers? Uh, I can answer that undoubtedly for number one. Um, when I think about bait makers, I keep all of my opinions about you know everything. You know, just just their their professional work that they do. I think Mickey Ellis is the best bait maker out there, and I say that for these reasons. I think that he's got the best style, and like where all his like. He makes all kinds of stuff, dude. Soft plastic, hard baits, swimming baits, jointed baits, wake baits, glide baits, everything. And everything that he's ever made looks like his bait. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, Mickey's one of those guys that has got a lot of a lot of drama around him as well. But I don't think about that when I think about him as a him as a bait maker. I think that on a professional level, on a, on a craftsmanship level. His work is pretty, pretty hard to touch. Um, my second would probably be—I have to say it's a cross between Rock Hiroshima and Matt Servant um, with a uh, Matt Wars because okay. they both—they both have like a, a you know an amazing craftsmanship level as well, and you know Brock Brock has got the style of like a, like an artist style mixed into a functional design style. And Matt has got the realism style that he mixes with the design and functionality style. And I think Matt Servant is definitely a master of, of his craft and what he does. And then um, I would say like for, hard to say three, but I mean, obviously I got to give a lot of credit to uh to Huddleston. I mean Ken Huddleston, you know, perfected probably the best tail design in all of history. I mean what's crazy about that HUD tail and there's a lot of other baits, you know, there's a lot of backstory on the HUD tail and, and what the vortex tail and yeah. The origins of that and whatnot, but we won't get into that. But yeah. You can take that HUD tail and put that on so many different baits. Like you can um 
you know, cut it off and mend it onto another bait or, or, or whatever. And, uh, dude, it'll just, it'll just work like on, on a lot of different baits. I've, I've done that. You know, I've got, mm-hmm. I've got a mold, of, I've got a mold of the tail that I'll pour you know, just a plastic sole, a little snippet of it just for the tail portion. And I'll glue that onto a bunch of different baits from my personal <laughs> golf bait. So yeah. That, Dude, it worked. And, like, that's not supposed to happen <laughs> with, with bait design. You're not supposed yeah. to be able to just put one tail on 40 different different baits and it just swim right. You know, it's just not real life. But it is. Um, I would love to see. I would love to see that company, you know, the Huddleston company, do, do more than they do. I would like to see them make more baits, more versions, because, you're going to have all these other companies that want to, you know, feed off of that tail design and make their own versions and whatnot. And a lot of them are good too. There's a lot of other good ones, but I, I would like to see HUD make like a, a seven inch shad make, you know, different, make, make a 68, but just with no harness. So we can put it on a beast hook, mm-hmm. stuff like that. And, and that's, that's one of those, those things about like tinkering with baits and making bases. You see other stuff and you're like, damn it. I wish, it was this or that, but those are their baits, not mine. So I can't really demand anything or ask anything, but that's something I think about a lot. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's cool to hear someone that is a bait maker, their perspective, you know, like on, uh, who they kind of look up to a little, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I try to, I keep reiterating this, but the style, the style is like what I really like about it. And like, you know, it's with everything, dude. You know, different skaters have different styles. Uh, you know, different artists have different styles. Tattoos, graffiti, like, guys to make stickers. Like, dude, it doesn't matter. Like, yeah, art is art. And what's cool about bait making is, like, there's a lot of art involved, but there's also a lot of physics and science and design. And that's, dude, that's the bread and butter. That's what I really love. Is like, And I think that's why lately, now that my skills are at a higher level than they were before. Everything that I'm making is, seems to do really well for a lot of people because I I put that design first. Like, I push that. That's what I push. Like, my, my, I can't carve, like, these other guys. I can't paint, like, some of these other guys. But I can design and make a bait that is going to move in the water in a way that's going to trigger a lot of fish, like, like the taxi, dude. I've made I've made some taxis that I will confidently say are the best glide baits on the planet. Like, yeah. I, not all of them, not all of them. <laughs> but I've made probably like twenty out of like two hundred and fifty, three hundred of them that are just like I swam them. It was just like, holy shit. I've got a video on one on my Instagram where you can watch it, and the thing makes like legitimate three foot swings left and right. Fuck. And that's a weird, dude, that's a really weird and cool thing about making baits out of resin and making baits by hand uh-huh. is for every good bait you have, every like 10 good baits you have, you have one that's just like, wow, it just stands out and it's just so much better and there's no way to replicate it. Yeah. I've tried. Yeah. And you know, it's just part of the deal, dude. You get gems in the rough that perform and I'm sure every bait maker has that too. There are like other guys. Oh, I got this this wiggle board that is, is incredible, you know, for whatever. Dude, and you got to hang on to those good baits because they don't uh, they don't come around often. Will you keep them and be like, "Fuck, this is mine, bro. You can have another one." <laughs> no, no, I, I, <laughs> I, I haven't done that. 
dude, it's tough making enough baits for like, dude, like even I can't even make enough baits for all my friends. Yeah. Like all, like all my homies do like, like I got like, you know, 15, 20 boys in, in Maryland that all fish twin baits. And it's like, dude, they all need a lot. You know, they want to fish my baits because we're, you know, buddies and, and we hang out like outside of fishing and stuff. And yeah, I'm always giving my baits away. I actually don't, I don't have that many baits. I have like a couple and then I'll, you know, and you know, a, a buddy will be like, dude, I broke mine off. I need one. And they're like, right, I got you. And then I'll just make myself a couple more and I kind of just fly by the seat of my pants, but I only make stuff that I need, you know? So like, yeah. and that's, that's what I get this all the time. Older guys, you know, mentors, people I look up to be like, dude, you need to just make a million of these baits and make all the money while you can. And I, I understand that. And I, and I get that, but that's, it's not me. You know, if I wanted to make a lot of money, I wouldn't have became a bait maker. Mm-hmm. Not, you just love fishing. And you're still a young lo- dude, dude, man. You're only, what, 22? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you got a, you got a lot of lot of thinking to do. When I was 22, yeah. dude, I wasn't doing shit. You got a fucking full-on business. That's amazing. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think of it as, like, like crazy or anything like I, I could do a lot more than i do or a lot a lot better than i do or whatever but uh right now i understand where i'm at you know i understand like i'm x you know years old i've got growing up to do i've got this to do but i've read enough that i've talked to enough people that have been bluntly honest with me with like look man when you turn 30 or 35 or whatever age you don't think the same way like as you did now no. and the way I interpret that is like I have to take my fishing extremely seriously right now because I need to learn as much as possible while my brain is a pile of mush that can be sculpted into whatever it needs to be and if I'm focused on making tons of money and making tons of baits and, and focus on business Dude, I can't be creative. I got into that mindset one summer, and I only like I like I had a night with my girl where I was talking about it, and I, like I was fucking crying because I'm like I'm not thinking. I can't think. I don't know what the fish are doing. I don't even know where to start. I don't know, and that's that's different for me. I, my whole life, all I've known is what are the fish doing, and how can I catch them, and how can you know, and recently, how can I make baits on how to catch them? But there was like a three month period where. I became really into the business side of things because I had my partner who was like, he was in the game at that point. I had my other homeboy, Evan McCarthy, who is a fucking stud at making baits um, in the shop and helping me out when I need help. And I had my girl running all my customer service and she was doing all of the shipping. So all I had to think about was making, you know, making baits and whatnot. But at the same time, there was so much weight off of my back during those times that I was thinking about how can we make a lot of money and how can we make a lot of baits. And then, dude, I was thinking about like designing long sleeve black t-shirts tailored to fit a certain <laughs> way. And I was like, this is not me. Like, why am I thinking about designing like an original shirt to put a logo on and like turn this into a fashion brand because it could be a good business opportunity Instead of like, how am I going to go catch a six pounder tomorrow? And <laughs> there's going to be a time for that. There's going to be a yeah. place for that. 
but it's not now because I'm not I'm not comfortable with it. So right now, I just want to find a balance of like keeping customers happy, making a great product, and you know, living fairly free and getting to do what I want to do. And, and you know, probably probably some traveling, you know, in the here the next couple of years. I, I want to get out and like meet a lot of my customers and like you know, go fishing with them and, you know, see different, you know, fish in different parts of the world and, and keep doing stuff that I can, you know, learn more and more and more and more so that when the time is right for me to just sit down and design something awesome and have it made in the factory so we can actually produce enough baits for everyone to buy. But like, we're, you know, I'm, I'm ready for that. Yeah. But I got a pretty good, you know, head on my shoulders as far as that plan goes. And I'm just, you know, right now it's just uh, finding the balance and, and keeping it moving forward. No, a hundred percent, man. I think you have a great plan. And uh, from the last two years, I've really been into this. You, it seems like you've taken off a lot. You know, um, I don't know much. Like I said, I'm a fucking idiot. So it's, <laughs> it's uh, I just see what what uh, you know. Instagram will tell me, or people tell me, and be like, "Hey, you got to try this." So I'm kind of like, fuck yeah, man! I'll I'll try anything, and your bait worked great. So, uh, yeah, kudos to Dude, you, man! That, it's 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 been a it seems like it's doing great for you, you know. There's definitely uh, a lot of potential here, and I don't want to. I just don't want to taint that potential, or you know, not taint or potential. What the hell I'm trying to say? I don't want to uh, take the purity of what I'm doing and turn it into like some great money making scheme which a lot of people probably think is like the stupidest fucking plan ever. Not at all. Like you think how much time you put into your business. So like think how much time you're doing that. Like you have to be, you know, like paid for what you're doing. Like I don't, I do this. I don't really make much. I make off the Patreon one month. I had sponsors. Now I'd have shit. I'm still doing it. And I'm like, until I'm at the point where I'm like, no, nah, this isn't fucking worth it anymore. Like, I put a lot of fucking time into this, man. I'm going up north next, this weekend. Like, I'm fucking spending my whole weekend up north paying for a hotel room to do this fucking podcast. So it's kind of like, well, I get it 100%, a dude. Thing. Yeah, and I love it. Don't get me wrong. And and uh, yeah. I'm pretty much doing this for whatever I make off the Patreon this month. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's I love doing well, it. Until, it. until one day it's like, I, I just can't do it anymore. Like, or it gets in the way of fishing, which it has. But I mean, oh, yeah. and you're doing the same shit. Like, but you put out a product that people use. And, you know, when I do something yeah. that I don't know what the fuck they listen to, it maybe sometimes. <laughs> but you do, you, know, uh, it, 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 you should be compensated for what you're doing. That's not yeah. a question. No, you I know? mean, the, yeah. I, I mean, and that's, that's been my thing has been like, if I'm able to, to make ends meet, you know, to cover my dues and whatnot, pay my bills. And then I just, I value my time so highly because I know that like, it's going to pay off. Like I can't, dude, I couldn't make you like a calico bass bait. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't know anything about calico bass. You know what I mean? <laughs> but like maybe one day I'll spend a month in San Diego Bay, like fishing for calicos. And, yeah. Like, yeah. Then boom, I'll be able to, I'll be like, dude, we need a bait that does this or that. And I'll make calico bass bait then. But until that happens, I'm not even gonna like. You're gonna fuck with what you know. That's it. That's it. You know, like. And that that's why you gotta you gotta like 
try a lot of different stuff. And just like the podcast for you, man, like you get to hear, you know, a lot of different genuine outlooks on stuff. And which is cool because like everyone's got different outlooks on things and different, different, uh, views on stuff or different approaches and theories on, on fishing, you know, mm-hmm. specifically. And there's no, dude, there's no right or wrong way to fish. Like, that's what's really cool about fishing is you can do a hundred different techniques and, and have like similar results. You know, like I have, I have a really good friend of mine, um, who is one of my like recent inspiration type dude, mentor dude. He's a name Staten Klein. Mm-hmm. And I, I, you know, I'll post, I'll post pictures of his fish, uh, on my base and stuff on the page to see him every now and then. But this guy comes from, a background of like fishing the same bodies of water I do now when he was younger, you know, being good at it. And then he got into fly fishing and went off to Montana and lived there and, uh, worked on the railroad in, you know, one week on one week off type deal. And then fly fishing and made a name for himself in the fly fishing, you know, world and, uh, designed some flies and stuff like that. That's cool. And now he's back here in Maryland and the dude has just got so much, wisdom with fishing from like angles that i never even knew were possible like we're, we're we'll be fishing and he'll be looking at his graph and like uh oh, dude there's a there's o2 in flux so like you know this algae's in the water and it's yeah. doing this and it's just like holy shit like i didn't even think that was even something to consider and now it's something i'm considering so seeing these different you know fishing with a lot of different people and that's what I, it sounds like you're doing that. And I would urge you to continue doing that. It, dude, fish with like as many people as you can. I do. Like, I try yeah. to fish with, yeah. with dudes if and I can. Rad. And it's, yeah, it's, it's a, I've learned so much from all these guys. It's, it's great. And, uh, it's the, that's the payment, you know, and it's been, it's been, uh, a great ride so far, man. I'm, I'm happy. Like I said, I have a crazy next weekend coming up. So uh, it'll be fun, but uh, let's plug where we can reach you. Like, if you want to buy a bait, do you do drops? How's it all go? Uh, this year, I'm going to be doing more drops ready to ship. That's been something that hasn't been available through me. It's always been pre-order stuff. It's always been like not you know get in line, but you know if you, you know if you want to get it, you know a bait, go ahead and get on this order, and, and you'll you'll have to wait patiently to get a bait but this year i would like to try to do more drops i'm gonna try to do well i'll just tell you what's going on in the near future so people are ready yeah i got something cool coming for now this is something more so for like my southern fishermen my east coast fishermen i don't know how much this is gonna apply out west but i'm gonna do a big drop of baby haters in crawfish patterns and like your typical like rayburn red craws your olive craws your orange craws and they're going to have a, uh, a silicone skirt going sideways through the tail of the bait. So it looks like, you know, just like crawfish tentacles or whatever. Nice. Um, I got a bunch of taxis coming like very soon within the next three weeks. Uh, probably, probably close to like a hundred, like a mega batch in like three <laughs> or four different patterns. And um, I'm going to post on the Instagram page when that, when those drops are going to be happening. But for the month of February, we got two big drops. It's going to be the red crawl baby haters, and it's going to be a bunch of taxis. Because I really, what I love the most is seeing guys catch PBs on the base. And I, I think that's such a trip, and it's so crazy that I've been able to help people 
get that moment in their life and they'll, they'll hold on to that like you know forever or until they get a bigger fish yeah and the fact that i can create that opportunity for somebody is, is other than the money that they pay me for the bait that's the payment i love to see the pictures like the fact you caught your first real swim bait fish <laughs> on my bait is like dude that's so fucking cool to me no i'm and stoked as shit man that's that's why i do it and the taxi is like that's a serious bait that bait that bait moves fish and it, it's got you know a swim profile and it gets munched and i don't want to fuck that up so people <laughs> can get them i don't i don't want to miss the window for these guys because guys you know need a bait yeah, yeah. and if, yeah. if i don't make the bait they can't get it so i'm gonna do a big drop of those for all the dudes who need a, a good trout glide for the uh, spring march you know march april may window yeah that'll happen and uh then going forth from that who knows i don't know what baits i'm gonna do i'm working on another big one another big uh a bigger paperweight uh it's a shad you know the shad glide yeah and I, po- I posted a video on that on the Instagram of the swim, and it's it's dialed. It's wicked. Nice. Um, so, yeah, you can – the Instagram is Fish Everything, and the website is www.fisheverythingcustoms.com because somehow fisheverything.com is a domain that's earned already, and they want, like, 4000 bucks for it. That's all right. And, <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'll pass. <laughs> yeah. Fish Everything Customs works. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, thanks again for coming on, man. I appreciate it, Victor. Oh, no doubt, dude. No doubt. Yeah, yeah. It's nice to have some dudes and hopefully uh from the East Coast and hopefully uh this summer if everything's going well with this COVID shit, I can get out that way and we could do something cool. I mean we'll do like a group of guys out that way and I can hit up some guys doing some podcast out that way. You know what you ought to do, man? If the COVID shit if we all get vaccines or whatever. Um and I don't, you know, this can be off air or whatever, but yeah, dude, we have a fucking amazing northern snakehead fishery here in Maryland. Really, dude, I'm talking <laughs> ri- ridiculous. Yeah, we got this place called Blackwater Refugee, uh-huh. and it is a giant like swamp. I mean, the whole thing is like less than three foot deep, and the water is black. Mm-hmm. It's really, really tannic, and it is like loaded with invasive northern snakeheads and these aren't like the bullseye snakeheads they have in florida these are some bad motherfucking fish like they're beefy <laughs> strong and the only way that we fish for them is with with topwater frogs really I and mean, that's the only oh, way I god fish for them. that must be so Guys, fun yeah so I, I don't know i think it would be cool if you do come down this way on the east coast definitely at least the yeah beach, it'd be cool know, to whether, it'd be cool to what I want to do is just work my way up like a tour almost hit the spots like where people are swimming fishing or, you know, get some offshore guys, whatever it might be just to work my way that way. But we'll figure something out for sure. I want to say thank you again for taking time out and doing this late calling with me. It's a fucking 10 o'clock over on your side, right? 10, 11. Yeah. My night's just getting started. Yeah. So <laughs> thanks again, Victor. <laughs> I appreciate it, man. Yeah, no doubt, bro. I'll talk to you soon.